Barbosa. Uh, no. More about gel coat. When the force. Don't you call in the. More importantly. It's the game of celebrity gossip. Ugh, I've been reintroducing things into my diet since the whole 30. Oh, okay. So you're you're getting more food into your hole? I had I had a pizza the other night, <gasps> David. Oh, what was that about? Um, it was like the first bread and the first cheese I had had in, you know, almost a month and a half. Um I may never poop again. <laughs> Uh, and I have sat oof. there on that turlet just waiting for Godot, waiting to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> God. I mean, it's not awesome, but do you feel better? Like we, we, we talked about, I think only briefly that you had been past the 30, the, the hump of the worst of it, but you did you do you really legitimately not feel any better did you feel nothing i truly didn't david i wish i could say that oh i was just pepping my step going up my three flights of stairs to get to my apartment but no not one i didn't feel one bit of difference at all man <laughs> that is i wish just... i did i wanted to <laughs> yeah I, I mean i just yeah mm. i mean i did notice some weight loss by the end but it was like well that's something uh, yeah i guess I but <laughs> i feel like as soon as i took a bite of peanut butter i feel like i ballooned back out to the size of mm. the shamu performing whale you see before you david <laughs> stop it Chivas. you know i was the body double for free willy and that was your nickname i believe in the early 2000s well i tried to make that the name i danced under when i toured asia oh my lord i'm sorry that i suggested this i really thought it would be funner if that's a word it isn't um to watch you don't don't think it was fun to watch tattletales i okay i had forgotten how much I hate that game and how much I hate the the underlying misogyny of the show, first mm. of all. Mm. And second of all, how is Burt Convy famous? <gasps> and I know, I guess apparently the cheese stands alone. He is charm free. David, why you don't think Bert? Con- I I'm going to have to go on record, Matthew, and disagree with you. I think Bert Convy is very charming and uh, very easy on the eyes for a 50 year old man. He is my age and looks a fuck ton better than I do. <laughs> uh. I, I I but anyway, so I I did know. Okay, I noticed a couple things. This episode was a mind fuck for me, David. How was it a mindfuck for you, Matthew? Because the set and the show screams 1976. Doesn't it, though? I could not wrap my head around the fact that this was 1983. Mm-hmm. And then when you look on IMDb, Tattletales ran from 72 to 77 originally or something. Um, 
And then there was another run, like it's like password for Christ's sake. There were several oh. incarnations of this bullshit. Um, because people in America were so missing tattletales. <laughs> right around 1980 or something. Yeah, 82 to 84 was the second epi- was the second series. Yeah. Of tattletales. Yeah. But again, a mind fuck for me because um, who's um, Shecky Green? And that's not a name I've made up, dear listeners. That was somebody's <laughs> fucking name. It is someone's name because yep. he's still fucking alive. He is. He is. Yes. <laughs> Miraculously, we've lost Vic Tay back, but Shecky Shecky Green is still around. Mm-hmm. He and this woman were not married until 1985, according to his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. It, it, she is introduced as his lady, uh, and they did get married. But here's the thing: I was shocked in my research about Tattletales, this this game show, which you're right had two incarnations the 70s and the 80s, and they changed nothing. Like they literally went, hey, Mark Goodson, don't you still have the, the Tattletale set in your garage? And he went, yeah, and they literally rebuilt it. I think they used the original nails. Like nothing was different in spite of the fact that we were in a new decade and a new aesthetic was taking over. Wow. Yeah. And the premise of the show, David, where they're playing for the audience. Like the audience has a vested interest because how does that work? They've got a section of people that probably had about 50 people in it, right? Each section, maybe. Oh, I'm thinking it's more than, I'm thinking it's more like a a, a typical TV show audience is typically about 300. Looks to me like it's a hundred, a hundred a piece. But okay, but they're only winning like, at the most, like 300 bucks. So does everybody in that section get a dollar? <laughs> I don't understand how the how the payout works. Yeah, and they talk about it's for charity too. So well, it's he like- said, He said sometimes, I guess people do that, but what if fucking Apple's just couldn't get into prices right. So she shows up at Tattletales and it's like, well, I'm gonna walk out of here with 50 cents. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how the payout works. It's, that's almost as good as a car. Totally. I guess. <laughs> but the thing that I didn't realize until I was researching this is that the people didn't have to be uh, romantically involved. They could be friends or in the case of the whole reason why we're watching this, Nancy McKeon and Michael J. Fox, who were just dating at the time. But here's the thing. I think this was from... Uh, I think this is from Wikipedia, where it says, at one point, Dick Sargent from yeah. Bewitched yeah. Uh, paired up with Fanny Flagg mm-hmm. from Candid Camera, later to write uh, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Lesbian Cafe book. And uh, they were not introduced as partners or whatever, but as uh, I think they called it his lady. Yeah. Uh, according to this. And then in another episode, Charles Nelson Riley was paired up with Elizabeth Allen, a longtime friend of his from his Broadway days. Uh, I mean, Elizabeth tech- Allen. Uh, who is, I don't even know who that is. That's terrible. You Who's know a- her if you saw her. <laughs> just Would I? from watching old game shows and just from watching. Yeah. You- oh, 
Okay, she was <laughs> she was Paul Lynn's wife on the Paul Lynn show. So yeah. <laughs> we have a flame dame here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, this would be the thing where if it was Broadway, it would have been Stephen Sondheim and his lady, Lee Remick. Like, yeah. it probably would have been, you know, gay besties. Oh, totally could have been Paul Lind and Charlotte Ray. They were fucking besties. So, yeah, the, I it was looser than I thought. And um, yeah, how about I start and introduce this and get started? I, I love that we kind of joined oh, us sorry. already in progress, but no, don't you dare apologize. I will fucking punch you in the face. Oh my God, can you send me that sound bite? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Matthew and I decided to lighten things up this month. It is April. We are at the beginning of the end of the pandemic. We tried to find other full-length movies for you guys to watch, and if you knew how we suffered for your art, we tried to watch Rabbit Test, the Joan Rivers-directed written movie starring Billy Crystal featuring Charlotte Ray about the first pregnant man. Um, is, there, is there another word that better describes it, Matthew, than unwatchable? Um painful comes yeah. to mind it's... i would like it known though um that when david says we attempted to watch it he does mean him yeah oh didn't you try to i thought i i thought he sent you the link yeah oh you did you sent me the link mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and you didn't watch it no i wasn't gonna sit through that again i knew we weren't gonna do it <laughs> i knew you'd get about 20 minutes into it and be like fuck this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'd seen it before. And just I in my mind I was like, oh, I remember it was a comedy and it wasn't very good, but it's like, oh no, this is wow, this is a bad one. This there's nothing the only thing redeeming about it that I can say is that it's the sloppiness of the comedy, the sort of all over the placeness of the humor. It does give you a sense of the movie airplane, like the people who they were already, you know, the Zaz brothers were already doing their stage show. I think Kentucky Fried Movie had already come out, but you get the sense that they watched it and went, "Wait a minute, there's I I see a little something here, but but we we, we can do this much 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 better." Yeah, and and maybe it's well, the satire angle. Maybe that's what it is. But it, it was just we could not subject the Tutti Fruities to watching this movie and then listening to us bitch about it for 90 minutes and i also i suggested this and i'm sorry because it was short and it was like how how fucking long did we talk about that um twirl, twirl movie for christ's sake <laughs> oh, jesus h so, yeah i believe your text was could we please do the tattletales game show after that fucking twirl movie it was something to that effect it's like 20 minutes <laughs> We're in, we're out. It's the equivalent to sex with me. <laughs> 20 minutes. Some people find it enjoyable. Some people find it charming. Others are completely aghast that it's happening. <laughs> Some have to get up in the middle and run to the refrigerator to get a snack or have a pee break. And um, <laughs> true. Some people pick up the TV guide, start flipping through to see what else oh, might be on. And that, not... that, that happens more often than, <laughs> than I'd care to admit, David. Um, but, I, I may have committed insurance fraud, David. I may have. What? What? 
Well, with the pandemic, um, I can't afford to hire a hooker, so I just scheduled a colonoscopy. <laughs> Good news, clean as a whistle, found a Tamagotchi. So wow. Good. Still alive and, and thriving. I, I see them reaching for the anesthetic and about to put the needle into the IV and you just touching their hand and pushing it away like like Madge the manicurist going, oh no, 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 no. That won't be necessary. Yeah. yeah well <laughs> well, I did say you're soaking in it, but that's not Madge. <laughs> I actually, I actually, <laughs> it's so fun though, David, they give you a video of it. Oh, um, oh I've yeah. I've been, I've been trying to find the right song to put it to just so I can, <laughs> before I post it. Um, I was thinking if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Um, <laughs> might be a fun one. What about my heart will go on from the Titanic? Oh, that is a good one. Far wherever you are. (laughs) But in the list of other considerations, because we do, I know it isn't always apparent, uh, dear listeners, that we do put some thought into this, that we do prepare. (laughs) The other one that I looked at and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be magnificent. It was suggested by a listener, and God help me, I can't think of who it is, uh, Poison Ivy, not the Drew Barrymore uh, psycho teenager movie. We're talking the 1984-ish TV movie that Michael J. Fox and Nancy McKeon made as a follow-up to High School USA. I thought, oh, this is great because High School USA was fun and we loved it and we had, you know, enjoyable things to, to say about it. Yeah, if if you need an example of something that we enjoyed, the High School USA podcast is worth another uh, listen. But Poison Ivy, again, unwatchable. I will say it, it was almost as bad as Batman and Robin, which had Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I will say that. But it but didn't have Chris the bodysuits with the nipples. Chris O'Donnell saved that with his little wet karate move. Anyway, anyway, we didn't watch that either. <laughs> well, but no, no, we didn't watch that. Anyhow, so things that we thought of and we discarded. And, uh, oh, God forbid, I meant to look up and see who suggested uh, or brought Poison Ivy to my attention. God bless you. It was It was great in theory, but it would not have worked in practice because we're, we are so quickly – transmorphing this podcast into the gay version of how did this get made <laughs> without the charm of Jason Mansukas. <laughs> so uh, what instead we get is tattletales, a light, frothy, quick, joyful romp through game show nostalgia of the 1970s and the 1980s, Matthew. Yeah. And I love that shit, David. You do? I- love it I what love... were your what were your game shows what what were the shows that if, oh. I, if i say to you what did you watch what were your favorites oh bitch um press your luck i loved <gasps> press your luck i loved sale of the century um i have got pluto tv now on my roku and um there's the buzzer channel on that oh I, yeah I, I and also um there's a whole other channel called the price is right channel and it's just prices right episodes with bob barker 
Oh my God. Oh my God, David. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. It's brown haired Bob Barker too. It's <laughs> 80s. Oh, I am in for the night. <laughs> David, it is horrific to watch through a 2021 lens. It oh, horrific and almost unwatchable. I was so angry by the end of the first episode. I didn't know what to do with myself. The the thread of misogyny that 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 kind of goes through everything in the 70s and the 80s but like you talked about earlier in this show in tattletales and yeah it's totally they're like like what'd you see talk give me give me some examples it's just um well um just the acceptance of the misogyny like yeah. it just doesn't like no woman ever went up there and didn't kiss him on the cheek mm -hmm. like no woman was ever like mm, you're not gonna do that they were like, okay, this is what I have to do. And if you get the price, David, with like right on the money. Oh, the when, when you're in contestants game, row? Yeah. You get $100. You know how you get it? You have to reach into that fucker's pocket to get it. <laughs> Only if you're a woman. If you're oh. a man, he hands it to you. Oh, fuck no. So. I remember that now, but I didn't remember that, that he hands it to you if you're a dude. Yeah, he's not letting men reach around in his pocket. <laughs> and I would say something else I didn't notice. I would say, you know, the whole come on down where they have to run. Yeah. To get to it. 98% of the contestants called to contestants row are women, David. With uh, ample bosoms, I With assume. Any kind of titties. It's just horrific oh. it's just and two things happened while i was watching um they brought out this probably 20 year old i'm guessing like producer whatever she worked on the show brought her out at the beginning said um it's mike the cameraman's birthday while the camera filmed her from her feet all the way up her whole body mm. and they said for his birthday you're going to give him a kiss, a birthday kiss, something he's wanted for so long. So this nasty 55-year-old fucking cameraman <sighs> comes out from behind the camera. And on national television, this woman is like, uh, I, uh. Yeah. How, <laughs> how did I get into this? Yeah. Um, oh, Diane, God damn. One of, the, one of the, Diane, one of the models had a, uh, uh, um, a button pop on her blouse. Oh, and yeah. Like it was like it was like J Lo level of like open <laughs> on her chest. Bob stopped the game and pulled her out to show it to people. Like like this, she was like turning away from the camera. She was like trying to hide behind stuff, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! What's going on?" Oh no! And forced oh, her God. to come out and like. Oh my God, I was so angry by the end of it. But I did enjoy reading up on the fact that like he did get sued for sexual harassment and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there was a scandal, but this guy was fucking beloved by- Yeah, oh my God, totally. He probably has 10 Emmys for that show. Uh, and anyway. 
And the thing is, we were kids and this is what we watched and this is the stuff and the behavior that was fed to us and we were subliminally being told, this is okay. This is perfectly fine. This is how adult men are allowed to treat adult women when you you grow up and it's so, it's so fucking maddening. But anyways, we watched Tattle Tales, not Prices Right. We watched Tattle Tales. Well, you actually you you gave me a perfect segue because it occurred to me I wanted to to do a little more research and I thought let me find another episode of Tattle Tales on YouTube and see if it was any different, anything else of note about it where they all like this. They're all about the same, yeah. but I found one from the first, the 1970s incarnation. Not that visually you'd ever be able to tell the difference. Uh, A 76 episode from an 83 episode. But here's the funny thing. It was uh, game show host day. So the contestants were Bert Convy and his wife, Anne. Yeah. Richard Dawson and his lady, Jody. Mm -hmm. And a host I had forgotten all about, Jack Nars. And his wife, Doe, a deer, a female deer. Mm -hmm. Remember what Jack Nars hosted? Um, He wasn't named that tune. Um, No. Oh, fuck. He wasn't body language, was he? Nope, that was was uh, Tom Kennedy. Kennedy, fuck. Uh, It involved a rebus. (laughs) I don't even know what a rebus is. A rebus is the pictures with a plus like pin and it shows the head of a pin with a concentration. Correct. I thought Alex Trebek hosted that. No, he was Jeopardy. And if he did, he didn't do it the whole thing. In in my childhood, Jack Nars. I've been watching episodes of it and there he is hosting it looking hot. Oh, God, he was attractive. He also did Double Dare, which ran for like six episodes. And it was so confusing that (laughs) it's on Amazon. You can watch it. Yeah. It's hilarious to watch Alex Trebek literally through the show be like, what is going on? (laughs) 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 But it's funny you bring that up. You're you're connecting this so beautifully because if Bert Convy, who hosted Tattletales at the time, was one of the contestants, whom did they bring in to be the guest host of the show? Bob Barker. (laughs) And the episode begins with him walking out and they had the microphone uh, planted with an old lady in the front row of the audience. So he came out and started talking to her and you could tell that she was a little starstruck and it didn't occur to her in that moment. Oh my God, I'm talking to Bob. It's like, you're supposed to hand him the microphone, honey. You have a job. And so he finally is like, yeah, that's that's for me. So he gets it, kisses her on the lips. Uh. <laughs> well, that was his entrance on Price is Right. He would walk out and Diane or whichever Barker Beauty. The Barker's Beauties, over, yes. <clears throat> nameless person would come yeah. over, hand him his microphone and kiss him. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Even in the reruns of the Carol Burnett show, in the in the opening Q and A part, people would say, "Can I get a kiss?" Because it was a thing they knew she would do. People walk, and she would kiss them on the lips. A total stranger. I would rather eat pretzels out of a bowl on a bar. At oh my god! The, at the fucking bigger jigger. <laughs> I mean, 
but but getting back to Jack Nars in concentration, uh, the, the thing I remember about that is Jack Nars, in my memory, did not host anything else. He was not one of those who bounced around. You know, Bob Barker did Truth or Consequences. Tom Kennedy did a bunch of others. Um, who who else? Uh, 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 Bill Cullen. Oh, and God. you can get rid of Bill Cullen. <laughs> I, I loved Bill Cullen. What a I dear, too. charming. I loved him. In, and he was one of the few that you can watch now who's actually still very charming. And but, respectful. And respectful. But Yeah. But, um, okay, name some other hosts while we're on the subject. Name some other hosts. Oh, while God, we're I don't remember names so well, David. But like Peter Marshall. What did he host? Um, Hollywood Squares. Correct. Gene Rayburn. What did he host? Um, the match game, which again, there was another reincarnation <gasps> mm -hmm. of that it shared an hour of television with the match game, like 84 or something, mm -hmm. and then was followed by Hollywood Squares, hosted by do, do, de, do, do. fucking Bowser, David John Bauman. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Oh, what happened? Uh, uh, I don't know. Wink Martindale. Oh God, yeah. Tic Tac Doe. Tic Tac Doe. Um, and I think uh, this is going to be interesting. I'm wondering what your opinion is. I have my opinions. I wonder what you're going to think when I say the name Dick Clark. <sighs> what a jerk! He is an elitist who treats normal people on his shows like assholes <laughs> and doesn't oh. give a fuck. But then as soon as we get to fucking Brian Mitchell from General Hospital, oh, you got pictures of the kids. Oh, let's see them. Fuck you, Dick Clark. And, oh, uh, interesting. And then waltzes in at the end and leans over. I'm going to give you the one that, that would have won it for you. Fuck you. You've had 20 minutes to think of it, Dick yeah. Clark. Yeah. Uh, what if I said uh, Coca-Cola? Oh, things I put in my mouth. It's just shut up, Dick Clark, for fuck's sake, you asshole, you little, little, little man. Ugh. Wow. Okay. Something told me that it might not be my thoughts, which are I always thought he was a good host. I always thought he commanded. He was fine. Again, I'm not sure in hindsight if I would look at it and go, ooh, yeesh. Ugh. As a kid, he seemed like he was fine. The thing that always surprised me, and I remember even when I was young, knowing that he was the guy. This It was at the end, a Dick Clark production. He would come in and he'd be like, uh, okay, judges, uh, could we, like, he would talk with the judges like, well, could we, what do you think of it? It's like, dude, you're their goddamn boss. If you think that was a bad call, if you think the in the middle of the describing because they use two words instead of one uh, you know it's like you could just say hey judges for fuck's sake come on yeah i just thought he was a little curt with people and oh. alan ludden alan how, ludden how betty white found him charming and the love of her life i will never understand i he's, thought he was fine he's an asshole was he yes he's like, like insulting to the stars like there's one episode i saw recently where they come back where it was after the summer that fucking betty did hello dolly over summer stock and they talk about it for a second and then alan ludden goes 
Well, Barbara Streisand ruined the movie. I mean, <laughs> you know, that should have been Carol's movie, and we all know it. And I'm just gonna say, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are wow. you, Alan Ludden? <laughs> man i find him kurt as well you find him kurt interesting interesting well i decided to make a note of okay david what were the shows you remember watching when you grew up and uh interesting uh that i didn't watch a lot of press your luck that wasn't one that i was heavily into big money no whammies but as i started making my list i'm like okay price is right for sure and ladies and gentlemen i am old enough to remember when guessing the price of a car it was only four digits and the first one 99 times out of 100 was a four yeah if you get a car you need to watch this. You need to download Pluto TV and watch some of these episodes. Just oh yeah, yeah. It's exactly that. A brand new Cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what's the first number? A five. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and if it was a five, it was like, oh my god, what the shit does yeah. that car? You know, what, what is in that car? How equipped is it? Oh dear. Um, and by the way interesting anecdote former guest of the podcast uh my friend martin kunz out in la uh when he went out to la at the beginning a common thing that actors do is they make the rounds on the game shows and play them he went on the price is right he got called up he won three cars in that game where you pick the digits and yeah. fill them in he won three cars the next day he got a call from whoever the auto dealership is that they're connected to. And basically they just said, so uh, were you gonna come down and pick up the cars or were you just wanting us to issue you the check for the value of them? Yeah. And, and of course you get the check for the value of them and then you also get a 1099 because that is taxable. That's subject right. to the luxury tax and all that stuff. So, right. um, I mean, he still made out okay from one trip with his coworkers. He did okay, but um, other shows. I did love Concentration, love those Rebuses, uh, Match Game. Even as kids, we got the camp value of that. Yeah. Jesus. Hollywood Squares, a little less so, but I remember loved Paul Lind whenever Joan Rivers was on. I remember loving that. Uh, $20,000 Pyramid. That's not an easy fucking show. No. Wiki Wait, Lawrence was always good at it. Yeah. She was, she was one of the best ones on it. That and Password. It's like when Vicky Lawrence was your partner, you were going to win. Yeah, that's right. There were some. And Betty White, too. That's half the reason why Ellen Ludden married her and fell in love with her. Because it was like, oh, she has an affinity for this. Um, have, I, have I never told you about my experience with... Um... Wheel of Fortune at Disney MGM Studios back in the day. I don't believe you have, my, uh, Michael. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> are you having a stroke, David? I had a few earlier, but wow. Um, Matthew, my, my friend of several decades, yes, tell me about the experience. Um, it was Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. And um, Little Richard came out <gasps> and they had partners for one episode and it was little richard and james brown as oh. partners oh my 
my god javed (laughs) (laughs) they spun the wheel and i'm not making this up richard little richard goes and they go oh it's three hundred dollars and little richard goes uh e and pat goes um no you have to you have to buy vowels and now (laughs) i need a consonant and i shit you not with no sense of irony after he asked for a consonant little richard went africa (laughs) (laughs) at that point the director was like cut which (laughs) never happens like they've been doing this for fucking 45 years. The word cut? No. No. You typically don't. Do it. It's a well-oiled machine. We're going to fix it in editing, but we're not fucking cutting. Um, Africa. Oh. oh my god. And these two were falling all over each other. It was chaos on that oh set. And my Pat god. was getting angrier and angrier cuz he's used to working two and a half hours a day and being done for six weeks like this was making him work three hours and he was livid (laughs) oh the audience was there for like two hours and we were like because we would pull guests out of the park and be like want to watch a taping it's like a half hour of your time and they're like yeah no these guys were so (laughs) mad (laughs) gave you two hours of my day (laughs) (laughs) oh it was awful it's oh. on YouTube, not that part, but because it was edited out. But you can see Jim Brown and <laughs> James Brown and um little Richard on on. Oh my god! Fucking terrible! Wow. And and the last thing I'll say as we're sort of doing this this nostalgia trip before we actually tackle this specific episode, um, <laughs> seven hours into the podcast, is I remember as a kid being very confused by name that tune versus face the music. Hmm. I don't remember face the music at all. Face the music was hosted by the wonderful Ron Ely, who was the 1970s Tarzan. <laughs> so he was very attractive, had some dimples. He's a, he's a, a comely man, Ron Ely, E-L-Y. Yeah, you you want to Google that when you're alone and ha- have a hand free. Yeah, don't uh, have a Zoom camera on me. <laughs> but the thing is, name that tune was the more popular one. That's the one that launched the career of Kathy Lee Johnson before she married Frank Gifford, and she was known as the La La Girl. So she would sing, "I'm drinking up La 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 La. She's giving me excitation. La 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 La." Because she doesn't want to give up the title of the song. Right. La La, I was taking a bath <laughs> long about a Saturday night. <laughs> uh. La 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 well la 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 it was kind of ridiculous wasn't it oh my god completely but on face the music uh she just sang it and she was uh, on that show too no no it was a different it was a different chick who sang oh. uh, there and she was a very good singer too here's the next song to guess the title to whether you're a mother or whether you're a brother you're a staying alive staying alive Brrr, staying alive 
ding, 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 ding. It's like, yeah, she just said to you, it was, really? That's that's a skill, listening to a song and repeating the words that likely are the title of it, if you don't know it? Well, I have several friends that um, refer to song titles as um, the first line of the song. Oh. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, that's my favorite song, near, far, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's all my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I love that song from that movie. It must have been called There in My Shadow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful song. Yeah. Yeah. That wonderful song. Oh, my God, Becky, look at her butt. That's a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but your assignment after this, David, is to download Pluto TV. It's free. You will not believe that it's free. I think I have it because some of the early Facts of Life seasons are on it, correct? Yes. It's. It, I'm not sure which ones, but I know it's not season six, which we are currently in the middle of doing. No. So it's like, what, what fucking good are you, Pluto? Season three and four. And seasons one through three, I think, are still on Roku. On the Roku. Uh-huh. Yeah. Check out the, you'll enjoy the buzzer channel on The Price is Right. I, I have to now. Now I have to. That would be a good thing to like just have on the TV as I fall asleep. That's what like, I, well, that's what I, well, <laughs> I don't fall asleep to it because I'm like playing the game in my head. But, oh, um, no. <laughs> it's fun to have on in the background, like when you're just like cleaning the kitchen or whatever. Oh, good. I will do it. I will do it. Uh, so this game show ends with words that you and I grew up with and heard so, so many times. A Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Uh, I thought you were going to say spay and neuter your pets. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Mark Goodson and Bill Todman, uh, just quickly, according to, I think, Wikipedia, uh, between the two of them, between that and then uh, Bill Todman died in 1979, and then it continued on uh, past that as just a Mark Goodson production. But I count 55 different game shows between 1948 and 1982. That is by title. So in other words, all the incarnations of password would be one of those entries, but super password is another entry. Okay. Uh, But that's still a fuck ton of shows for any producer to have under his belt. So these guys were really the game show Kings of our generation. And I mean, it's twenty it's twenty twenty one right now, and Price is Right still runs, mm-hmm. and and Family Feud is still on too, right? Oh my God, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, Steve Harvey. Ugh, unwatchable. <laughs> but the Price is Right with Drew Carey, there's there's some electric powerhouse entertainment. Certainly not a I'm standing here saying words and counting the check in my head and paying my bills. <laughs> How did he step into that? How did he make that career decision? I, I don't know. He hosts, I mean, you know, being a host, and you and I have hosted many game shows and game show-like shows in our lives. You still do, and doing your drag bingo and all that. But, you know, the two branches of being a host is on one hand, you have to be a facilitator. You have to get the game explained make sure that people know the rules 
and then move the thing along. But the other branch of that is you do need to be entertaining, engaging, have a little bit of fun with it, but not too much fun that you're holding up the game. And Drew Carey facilitates perfectly fine. But uh, as far as, you know, personality, he's like, hey, so we're, we're here doing the game show and I, I guess we're going to bring up a guy and he's going to put, put a price on a car. Yeah, so see you. Talk to you after this commercial. Bye. My God, David. <clears throat> Is there a celebrity voice you cannot do? You're like Rich Little. Am I? Oh, Matthew, stop. Really? Your Conrad Bain kills me. <laughs> I cannot hear Edna Garrett without hearing you go, aren't you even gonna try? <laughs> and now Drew Carey is spot on as well. Is is oh, it really? I feel like it sounded an awful lot like Norm MacDonald, but not that the two are that dissimilar, come to think yeah. of it. It's In like terms... when you do drag and you do Carol Channing and you're like, wait, this is very close to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe drag is very similar to Carol Channing drag. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Two of the two completely different looking women, but you're like, mm, one movement of this wig, and I'm Carol Channing all of a sudden. <laughs> there I was put this Marilyn wig on backwards. I'm suddenly Carol Channing. Yeah. But, but, well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. I like doing voices. Um, but uh, sometimes, like the Conrad Bean was that, I did not know that was in there. <laughs> You don't know how many maitre d's have said that. <laughs> that Conrad Bain, I did not know was in there. Oh, great. And there's a few extra things you could do for me if you want to get a bigger tip. <laughs> oh, God, I hope you've got a Burt Convy somewhere up your sleeve. I, I, wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, well, this is a good time to talk about Burt Convy because we're never going to talk about this show. We're just going to talk about the people and all the shit around it. Um, Burt Convy is a handsome man. He started off singing. Uh, he did Broadway. He was the guy who wants to marry the daughter in the original Broadway Fiddler on the Roof. He is on the cast album. And another Broadway credit that I knew but had forgotten, he originated the role of Clifford Bradshaw in the original Broadway cabaret. That's the role played by Michael York in the movie. And that's him on the cast album also. But Burt Convy was mostly a, a Hollywood guy and did little minor movies and stuff. But then in the 70s and 80s became a game show guy. Uh, a couple of appearances on The Love Boat, some in a Speedo, some in drag with Artie Johnson. He's like, he's like to me, he falls under the category of Richard Dawson and Tom Jones of people like you that say, oh my God, yes, Burt Convy in a, a Speedo. And I'm, it might as well be Gene Shalit in a Speedo. No, stop. <laughs> so how about we talk about this episode of Tattletales that we have okay. watched and who is on it? Could we, could we please get to that, Matthew? Please, well, could you, we? Okay, first of all, you mentioned that a good host has to explain the rules and everything. This does not happen with Tattletales. Like, it, unless you really have watched a couple episodes and put together that the audience is, like he says, oh, the audience has a stake in it. Like, I don't know how they're paid out. Like, <laughs> no, no, you're totally right. And the other thing is that he mentioned that there were different student groups, like there were some college 
yeah. uh, UCLA people and stuff in the audience. Well, the other episode where Burt Convy was the contestant and Bob Barker hosted, uh, I think the average age of that audience was 80. Yeah. Like it was all white haired old ladies there for Bob Barker. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so our three contestant couples here. First yeah. of all, we have Vic Tabak and Sheila Tabak playing for the blue section. And lovely. I'm sorry. I'm a fan. Uh, I Vic Tabak, he just seems like, like he'd be like that guy that you're afraid of, but is just a big melting teddy bear. And I just love him. Go ahead. I and do they too. Were married, they were married for a very long time. Yes, they were. And they, they were the only spouses that they had. There were no divorces and multiple pairings and all that. And uh, extra points for them as a couple that they were dressed in blue yeah. and playing for the blue section. I like to, in my mind, think that they brought multiple colored outfits and said, so which, which team are we going to be for this particular taping? So we'll change into that color because the others didn't. And here's the fucked up thing about that set is that you've got the three sections, the red section, the blue section, and the banana section, um, giggity. <laughs> but then- Why wasn't when, it the yellow section, David? I, Why I, wasn't it the yellow? Is that just, uh, Agreed, I don't know. But when we cut to the screens of the wives who are in the soundproof booth behind the stage, when it cuts to them, they are sitting in front of a blue background with blue headphones on, all three of them, it's like, why wouldn't you put a different color background so that Nancy McKeon and Michael J. Fox would have yellow and have them have yellow headphones? Why wouldn't you color code that? This is why Mark Goodson could afford to produce 55 fucking game shows, David. <laughs> he was throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. He wasn't putting money behind anything. This mm -hmm. shag carpet was found on a leftover roll back when they finished doing the set for the match game. They're like, we've got this carpet left over. Who wants it? Yeah. Um, they use <laughs> the same theme song for several shows. Um, yep. So, um, yeah. So, no, Mark Goodson was not concerned about the color of their headphones. <laughs> what, or, you know, you, you bring up a good point, though, that I didn't think of is the cost of producing this show. Normally, you've got your, it's, you know, it's a multi camera. It is taped, you know, it is live to tape. They don't edit later unless they just omit something. But um, when you think of it, this had a full studio camera setup. And then you had to have backstage three separate cameras that all ran simultaneously to get that static shot of the spouse sitting with the headphones on to be in the monitor. So this show required three additional cameras backstage. That must have been, that's why they needed to get the clearance carpeting and didn't fuss with the colors of the rest of the set. Oy. But I agree with you. Vic Tabak is delightful. Not a particularly funny guy for someone who made a, a living as a sitcom actor. Yeah, but, but neither is Shecky Green on the other end of that fucking table. Oh, my God. And he Oh, my God. Actually, when you Google his name, it says American Comedian. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, before we move away from Vic Tabak, and again, Sheila Tabak, his lovely wife, she is not famous. She's just the spouse. And... Uh, he played Mel Sharples on the TV show Alice from 1976 to 1985. 
-hmm. That show ran nine seasons. And he got the role because the movie it was based on, Martin Scorsese's Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore from 1974, he played Mel in the film. Yeah. Rent the movie and you're like, oh my fucking God, it's Mel. Mel is Mel and was never played by anybody but him. Well, and later on, what's your pussy showed up as Belle and she had played Flo in the movie. Diane Ladd, yes, she yeah. did. Mm -hmm. So I just want to point that out, that Alice ended its run in 1985, and he passed away in 1990, five yeah. years after Alice ended at age 60, heart attack. Mm -hmm. Tragic. Because we like him, nice guy. And I love the tinting, the gradient tinting of his glasses. That's that's yeah. some cool shit. I enjoyed his zero mustel um, forward parted hair. On yes. Yes. <laughs> He's a balding guy, but he's anyway. So yeah, sitting next to them is the very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, you think they'd never been in a fucking studio before and had a camera on them. Michael J. Fox clearly has social anxiety and does not like any of this kind of stuff. Oh, you really? I didn't. I, I thought that he was okay. I think he's charming just because he's charming and Michael J. Fox. But I think his body language said, I want to be anywhere but here right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the real important factor here is that we're watching this because our Nancy McKeon appeared on it. It is nice to see her being herself and not, not doing the tough Joe thing and softening the D's and the T's. And like even she said on the show, people always think of her more as like her character as being more blunt and outspoken. They think of her as older. And it is interesting because you're like, oh, she does have just kind of a, she's just a, she's a 17 year old. We're going to put a pin in that, ladies and gentlemen. She yeah. is just a nice 17 year old teenager who we know is also a great actress. And she looks exactly the same age as Sheila Tabak. <laughs> Thank you, 1983. <laughs> or what year was this one? Was this 83 or 84? 83. Oh, my God. This yeah. Is, see, and it's such a mental fuck because Michael J. Fox looks 12, and he was a year away from filming Back to the Future. Yeah. And he's 24, and, I think, and here. Yet he's, he's on a set that looks like it's in 1975. For, it's just, it was, this episode was such a mind fuck for me. Like a uh, timeline continuum fuck for me. Yeah. He is, um, yeah, just for the record, Nancy McKeon, as of this taping, is 17. Michael J. Fox is 22. So let's let's put a pin in that for their ages, because when we get to the questions, it's it's a there's a Lulu coming up here. <laughs> but they seem kind of nice and and friendly and sweet and kind of like oh what a nice couple, even though yeah he he does look twelve and she does look forty, yeah. um, but yeah and uh, they do get some questions right they get some wrong they don't do better or worse than some of the other married couples. Nancy's got her um, 1985 comedian, female comedian, lesbian jacket on. <laughs> Shoulder pads. So, yeah. That's it. This Next is, yeah. Fucking Shecky Green, David. Shecky Green and not his wife. I think he did marry her later. He did Mar in 1985. Marie Musso. I have heard the name Shecky Green. Yep. 
couldn't tell you if I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. No. Um, couldn't tell you anything that you might see him from or recognize him from. But it's just one of those fucking names that somebody in Hollywood said, um, we're going to call you Shecky Green. Yeah. I think his name is like Sheldon and they went with Shecky. It's like Sheldon Green. Like that was just a, but he was huge. Oh my God. He was a Las Vegas headliner in the fifties and sixties. He's kind of the equivalent of a Wayne Newton or a Tom Jones, where what are the big, big things in their career in the pop culture pantheon of television and film and you're like uh they're they're vegas guys that's that's where they are that's where they really made their name he's like i i when i think of shecky green it's like don rickles can't tell you anything he did well toy story but like you know why was he famous oh for being a vegas guy Don Rickles. Yeah, but Don Rickles Um, made more TV appearances. I feel like Don Rickles was a little more ubiquitous because he did the talk show. I mean, I don't remember Shecky Green ever appearing on a 1970s variety show, though I'm sure he did somewhere. But the clips of him are him on, uh, you know, Hollywood Palace in 1964 and the Ed Sullivan show back in the 50s. Like that was sort of his heyday. and and he's funny and, he, and he's a good he singer like lenny too. bruce like lenny bruce like he was and like ernie kovacs that type of level of fame to me like is shecky green like can't tell you anything about him but yeah oh, there's a name i recognize ernie kovacs shecky green yeah i don't know i'm yeah. trying, to, trying to defend my my no my lack of knowledge of shecky green no no you don't need to defend it because i'm the same way i had to google him and i'm there wasn't even a oh that guy factor no yeah. i was like all right and um tell me is there another uh comedian that he made you think of as you watched him uh interact and speak no okay i wondered if you might <laughs> have this so here's the thing similar to what i said about vic tayback it is interesting when you have these actors known for doing comedy but when they're sort of average serious everyday kind of joe types that are what why they're not robin williams where they're fucking on all the time god isn't that annoying matthew but um the shecky green factor for what a big comic he is he is very serious when you just said, is there another comedian that he reminds you of? Actually, during this episode, I thought this is very much like the episode of Super Passwords where Lucille Ball was on when she was full boozy, full <laughs> angry, cranky all the time, mm-hmm. and basso profundo. Yes. And, like, <laughs> the password is bourbon. Oh, Lucy. <laughs> Oh God, we can smell it. Like I found like people watch the show and like, oh, she's not funny or charming at all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah. The thing I loved though about it, I love watching those interactions, especially like with Sheila and and Vic. But the thing is, like they make fun of the fact that um these two kids aren't gonna know anything about each other. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about fucking tattletales was you'd get these stars that were on their fifth husband and (laughs) this show became so uncomfortable 
because these two people knew nothing about each other. I caught an episode where a 75-year-old Arlene Dahl is on it. Oh, my God. With her fifth husband, who is about 25. And Bert is trying his best to make it sound like they are in a they are in love, and oh, how he loves that seventy five year old woman! <laughs> wow, nothing about each other. <laughs> like they could have said, which side of the bed does she sleep on? And he would have been like, um, "I'm never there when that happens." So it was, <laughs> I will send you the link to it. It is please hilarious. do, um, please do. But so these the show really it, like they call it the game of celebrity gossip because they think they're going to get these wacky stories, but that never happens in any of the shows, David, any of them. They never get anything funny. The episode I watched after this one was um, Edie Gourmet and she was fucking hilarious. Oh, Yes. <laughs> She knows exactly what kind of show she's on, but yeah, um, it's just fast fascinating to watch these celebrities who are like, oh, "I'm not really that." Fu- I, I would, I would, I would replace the toothpaste. I guess I don't know. Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say that too. The first thing we hear announcer Johnny Olson say, Johnny Olson being. Matthew Arter, come on down. That was yeah. him. That was terrible. Johnny Olson. There you go. There's the voice I can't do, Matthew. Yeah. They um, used to have him in skits on The Prices. Right? Oh, yeah. They'd put him in the showcase showdown. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, the Swami is going to tell you what's <laughs> in the basket. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. And look, what does that Chinaman have in his pocket? <laughs> it's a trip to the Orient. <laughs> oh, God. No. disclaimer disclaimer we know those are bad words we just had to say it i'm sorry i'm sorry my butthole (laughs) my woke little butthole gets so tense i know (laughs) my butthole's twitching like a rabbit's nose david but the fact that the the introduction is it's the game of celebrity gossip tattletales like that's what it's like okay celebrity gossip yeah. So you you think go- celebrities are gonna gossip about themselves? Yeah. You think that it's gonna generate gossip? Gossip isn't generated by truths spoken directly from the horse's mouth. Yeah. It's like, what are not gonna weird, have weird... Kelsey Grammer and his wife on there, and she's not gonna tell you that he wears panties. No, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, a horrible human being that wears oh. panties, ladies and gentlemen. That's a real thing. You should look it up. Oh wow. Okay. So the last thing I want to say about Shecky Green and his lovely lady, Marie Musso, mm-hmm. is that when they talk, and they're, they're a typical couple, and they, just like Vic and Sheila, they everybody, they all make similar mistakes of, well, my reasoning is ABC, and then the spouse says, well, uh, well my reasoning is DEF, and it's like, but what, what, huh? You know, when Nancy McKeon says to Michael J. Fox, food, you, you don't overeat. You don't eat anything. And he goes, well, yeah, true. And it's like, you fucked it up. Yeah. But to me, Shecky Green, there was a big, more than a faint whiff of Jerry Lewis about Shecky Green. Okay. In terms of, he no, is a Jewish comedian 
from the 50s and 60s. And you look at his stand-up, he's funny. He didn't do the crazy shit that Jerry was doing in his early career. But you sit him down in a setting like this and he's like, uh, well, you know, we went on a trip a few years ago and I remember there was a time that she had trouble sleeping. And so the doctor did have to subs uh, have to prescribe some pills to her. So, uh, but she's not really a very big into drugs and, uh, you know, it was a wonderful time. And I think that she would say, uh, yeah, she'd prefer the cat over the dog dog like like this this very sort of intense uh new york taking myself very seriously like only a couple times did he come out with a joke it was one joke was great the the joke that the the, the question that involves sex that we are going to get to uh, where he says well you know uh, my sex life has never been better please uh, don't tell marie that and then the, 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 he threw out a little couple of little little bon mots there yeah but a couple little insults to his girlfriend uh-huh no. yeah go ahead <laughs> but in general that the same way you know when jerry lewis would get talking about the kids and you know it's really important this work we're doing for muscular dystrophy and all that Th that was the same thing it was it was a very well, being interviewed and just having zero time for it like jerry lewis was a dick um, yeah why i don't think shecky green was a dick i just but think he's but why do we know Jerry Lewis, David? Oh, because Hollywood changed his name from Joseph Levitch to Jerry <laughs> Lewis. And, and they yep. left Shecky Green. Sheldon Green. It wasn't Sheldon Greenbaum. So, but yeah. yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. But the, the most important, the sort of, the, the thing this is all distilled down to is comedic actors. We have three comedic actors and one of them has a partner, as it were, in Nancy McKeon, who is a comedic actress. Uh, this wasn't a show that was double down, fall over, fall out of your chair, funny, hilarious. How these actors off camera are just so entertaining. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay. Yeah, it really puts the light on that, that old cliche that when the lights go out, actors become very shy and become like introverts. You know what I mean? Like. It's, but you would think like you are an actor, you're doing this show, bump it up. <laughs> yeah, give me, yeah. Give me something. Like, yeah. Ugh. Play the talk show version of yourself at least. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So let's talk about some of these questions now, Matthew. Okay, okay. Do you, did you have any fields that needed to be felted well, about them? It's just like the, it, it, he does spend in every show several minutes making sure that the person answering the question understands how they're answering and and what point of view they need to answer from like it, it, that first question it was like your your girlfriend your girlfriend has a girlfriend who's pregnant and is afraid to tell your girlfriend's ex-husband's next door neighbor <laughs> would you go tell your girl your next door neighbor's girlfriends about the pregnancy would she would you do that uh, okay yeah. bye and then yeah. he asked the guy that and he's like dick tabak's like yeah i'd do it and like it's no, like no no not you <laughs> And then Marie over here is like, wait, am I the girlfriend? Am I, who's, who's talking to who? And like, they have to explain these fucking convoluted things. And it just wears on my fucking pussy after I, about two minutes of it, David. I agree 150%. When I have facilitated game shows, uh, 
one of my things is one of the shows I did the 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 questions and the multiple choice were on cards, big five by eight cards and big type. As I would go, we did a similar format to this. Would the spouses answer similarly? Uh, and I was always walking up to them, holding the card in front of them so they could see the options and read them. And I would constantly reiterate how, and remember you're answering for your partner. How do you think she would answer? And that's the thing that it's like, you'd think they could have had it written down or on a TV screen in front of them where the it's like, number one, this is the question if you need to reread it. And secondly, you are answering for your spouse you are giving the answer that you think your spouse is going to give for themselves from their own point of view. And it's, you're right. It is astounding how that constantly has to be reiterated. Yeah. It is needlessly cumbersome. <laughs> like Jesus. ask them easier question. And I, it doesn't happen so much in this episode. I didn't notice it, but having watched several of these episodes and deciding how much I hate it, um, the audience will yell out suggestions to the to the stars sometimes. Yeah. All Burt Conby does throughout the whole show is turn to the audience and go, shh, 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 audience, shh, 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 shh. Yeah. Audience, 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 hush, audience, hush. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if Bob Barker did that during The Price is Right? Told the audience <laughs> to shut up? Fuck, who cares if they're yelling out? This isn't password. They're not yelling out the correct answer. Let them fucking yell out. Oh, she'd do it. No, she wouldn't do it. Who, who gives, gives a shit? Shut up, yeah. Bert, you fucking dick. <laughs> audience, audience, how dare you come to a game show and try to participate and be excited? Shh, shh, audience, shh, shh. Fuck you, Bert Con. <laughs> but we did have a moment when we came back from commercial where they took points away from one of the couples because I guess during the commercial, one of the judges went, it was Sheila, I think, where they were kind of like, Sheila, did you hear that the audience yelled out the answer that he answered for you, meaning they fed her the thing? And I guess, I forget how he explained it, but there was a question whether she heard the audience or whatever. So they basically took away their points without saying, we think they cheated or more importantly the audience fucked it up so i mean price is right yeah you want people screaming that's the the thing but password you you do need to tell those fuckers to shut up and there are people right. at a taping who don't understand you're not at home you can't say shit out loud we can hear you but, I'm, I'm kind of on bird's side here matthew but with this game obviously if they're shouting out like he said, he said blue. He said he'd paint the wall blue. Yeah. Like, obviously. But if it's the question of would your wife do this or won't she do this? We haven't heard her answer yet. And the audience is like, she'd do it. She'd do it. No, she wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. That's when, Bert, you say the audience has an opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. You know? uh, okay. So what do you think? You going with the audience? Like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Like, he could say, okay, okay, audience, let's let Vic do this. Okay, let's say, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's we could have- a lot of, shh, shh, audience, audience, shh, 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 shh. Yeah, Don't shh, fucking fuck shush me, Bert <laughs> You fucking dick. <laughs> oh, God. So they asked that convoluted first question. 20 minutes later, we get through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second question is, uh, is it easier to guess your weight or your age? So men, what would your wife say 
if we ask her, would people have an easier time to guess your weight or your age? And then they come in, it's like, yeah, uh, I think it's harder to do the thing. So yeah, I would have a hard time with the weight. It's like, it's it's not you and it's not hard it's easier with the what is happening how did the directors get through this because i know it felt like there was drinking on the set vic did not not seem 100 sober if i'm being honest yeah Um, i'm not mad at it but i'm just pointing out i feel like there's drinking on the set and and it just how did these directors oh for christ's sake yeah. Like Arlene Dahl's model husband, who's 24, is dumber than a box of whale shit. And <laughs> just can't get a fucking answer out of this guy. Oh my God. <laughs> and this is the reboot of the series. This is yeah. the improved version. What was the one in the 70s like? Jesus, I don't remember that one. And this probably the one that was brought back by popular demand, David. Yeah. Wow. Um, I do want to say before, because at this point, after there are four questions. You get the man in the studio and the women are backstage with the headphones on. And by the way, we start the broadcast in that configuration. So at the top of show, credits rolling, audience applauding, the men come out and greet the audience, shake hands with some people in the front row. Women, it's like, nope, they're fucking back in the in the chairs in the booth. You couldn't have had the women come out and then take their place to physically introduce them in person to the audience. Yeah really no gotta get this over with i know uh, we gotta get this moving because arlene Dahl's husband with air quotes, <laughs> is gonna take 12 minutes to come up with an answer about <laughs> what color her nighty is because he don't know <laughs> but that's the thing of like oh, really gee i think this show might have been run by men not sure <laughs> gonna go out on a limb and say that so after the commercial we come back and they've swapped now the females are in the chairs in the studio and the men's are backstage with the headphones on which supposedly they play music into so they can't hear what's going on in the studio and uh all that and uh we have and then we're looking at them with a blank screen in front you talk about production value david again they've got a blue wall behind them, yellow earphones. And when we're watching the show, the, they just leave the screen blank in front of them. Yeah. The men. Like, we couldn't put the fucking logo up on that <laughs> screen or something. <laughs> or maybe a picture of Nancy or something. No. Yeah. A blank, a blank fucking screen for you to look at <laughs> with Man. Michael J. Fox's head. Of standing on top of it, looking like fucking Madame Leota from the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> anyway. So I'm going to skip ahead to question number four. So we can end with a bang on question number three, which is the real Lulu. Yeah. Question number four was, um, men, do you think you're a difficult person to understand? Are you easy or are you difficult to understand? And this whole thing we did, Vic and Sheila did get a little bit into the whole thing of, ah, well, when he starts to talk about something, I'm like, what the hell is this? It's so good. He thinks he's being clear, but I'm, I don't know why she suddenly so Midwestern, but he's, I can't follow what the heck he's talking about, but he seems to understand it. So and the women did seem to grasp this a little more readily than the men gonna say it where she went so i think he is going to say that he thinks he is easy to understand thank you 
that's what the question was. And then you get it, and uh, and Vic, sure enough, is like, yeah, I'm, I'm easy to understand. I'm very that. Ding, 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 ding. And she's like, yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> and, and doesn't I'm, she say that? Like, I know what he's going to think, and he's wrong. Yeah, yeah, like, she says it. Now, the good thing is, I wondered if after they got the point that Bert wasn't going to call her out and say, Sheila said that you were going to say that and that you're wrong. What do you say in response to that? <sighs> The way he tries to goad them into telling more, and they never do. No, it's like, no. oh, oh, yeah. oh, there's there's more to that story. Oh, oh, and we're not gonna. Oh, we're not gonna hear it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Shut up, Bert. Fucking no one to yes <laughs> and move on. Oh, God. And then, continuing this, this only just came to me now that the women were better at it than the men. Uh, of course they were. <laughs> uh, Sheila says, "I'm sorry." Then uh, Marie. That, that was Sheila Vic Tabak's wife. Then Marie, for on behalf of Shecky, says similarly the same thing. He's going to say he's easy, he's very logical, and he's very sensitive. So that's probably what it's going to be. And then it comes in ding, and he goes, uh, well, I know what uh, asking this question about whether I think that I'm difficult or easy to understand, you know, is very many uh, ways to consider the thing. But I'm pretty sure Marie is going to say that I am difficult. And... The question is not what was your wife going to say. The question is what were you going to say, yeah. and you lost a point because you didn't get the... <sighs> yeah. for your whole for your whole studio audience, Jackie. You yeah. lost the point. <laughs> it's yeah, You're taking money out of their pockets. But my favorite was with that question when they got to Michael J. Fox. He thought they meant his diction. Like he thought, am I easy to understand? I think I speak pretty clearly. Oh. And you're like, oh, the director's going, oh, Jesus, these actors are fucking dumber than whale shit. This is why, <laughs> this is why you have to give these people a script. Well, you I think Ron Burgundy, he will read whatever is put in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, San Diego. <laughs> these people are not smart. That's the thing. That never occurred to me. I thought when he said I'm easy to understand means that I don't beat around the bush kind of a thing. I never, I did, that didn't occur to me. That's interesting. <laughs> he completely misunderstood the question. Still got it right, I think, but yep. completely misunderstood the question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I speak pretty clearly. I think people can understand me when I speak. And yeah. It was like, no, that's not, okay, fuck it. Just, just <laughs> take the point away. Jesus fucking. No, they got it right, though. Right. Nancy yeah. says he's very honest and all that. And that was that was a nice moment. They did. They did pretty well. They really did. Um, but then it's time to backtrack now to the question number three. First question we get to after we get back from the commercial break. And the question I transcribed it, Matthew, is this. Men, which would make you crankier? Not enough sleep, not enough food or not enough sex? Sending them away, bloop, screens go off. All right, women, how are the men going to answer that? The other two, I don't even remember what the other two said. They did okay, I think. But then we get to 17-year-old Nancy McKeon. And asking, okay, so uh, your 22-year-old boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what is worse for him? What makes him crankier? If he doesn't get sleep, if he doesn't get food, or he doesn't get sex. Yeah. Presumably from you, 17-year-old Nancy McKeon. 
And we're asking you this 17-year-old Nancy McKeon with the full knowledge that 17-year-old Nancy McKeon is required to have a parent or guardian on the set with her. First words out of her mouth? <laughs> My mother's here. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> what producer was like, this is okay. I mean, again, I think it was a man. Something tells me. I don't I, know why. I just get this hunch, Matthew. The Smart Goodson production was definitely run by a man. Yeah. I feel like um, the writer's room also was probably a man or two in that writer's room. Yeah. I cannot believe. I mean, how did she? She was clearly uncomfortable. Oh, my God. But how did she answer it? I forget how she answered. Well, what she, she said, said is. Yeah, she said, um, when we made a movie together, here's the celebrity gossip. She says he used to be a fat kid. Yeah, she, she said he used he, to be fat. Yeah, he, used he to be real fat. Yeah, but she and she says something not like a fatty fat or a little wobble bottom or something, <laughs> but she says she does say he hardly ever eats. He used to be heavier when he was a kid, so he doesn't eat now. And even she Bert was like say heavier, David. She says fat. He was fat. <laughs> she goes, he was a fat kid. <laughs> I feel attacked. Um, I feel triggered. Yeah. But then she says, like, as of today, right now, the, the Mike, everyone calls him Mike, the Mike that she's dating, she said he hardly ever eats. He can go days without eating. So food is off the table. And then she just basically went, so therefore, that leaves us with sleep. Because it's just like, we're, we're not talking about the, the sex thing whether they're fucking or not. The subject should not even be broached. No. That 17-year-old that's on your screen. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. So she says sleep, and then he comes back and he's like, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to say this the food. And she's like, but, and it's like, eh, I, I mentioned this earlier. And he's like, she says, you never eat. Why would why would you say you're cranky when you don't have food? And he kind of does a, oh, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, dude. Oh, Tutti Fruities. The <clears throat> the Michael J. Fox impression is is also on point. Okay. Oh, thank uh, you. It's actually the David Spade sort of version of it, but yeah. <sighs> Any whoozle, they get that question wrong. After all that, you'd think they at least deserve to get the question right. Yeah. No. Nancy, uh, she waffles for a little bit in the process of avoiding it as far as the, the kind of, the, the, the general sense with all the others was the process of elimination. Well, let's think about it, this and that. And, you know, it's let's think of it. Well, he doesn't get cranky if I don't give him sex because, well, I don't give him sex. Uh, and that was, I think, I think that was Sheila's kind of implication. Um, <laughs> and Nancy was probably like, I, he doesn't get cranky when he, Michael and I don't have sex because we are doing it constantly. Yeah. So. Yeah. He is 22. He is still in his sexual peak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that spindly little uh, seemingly teenaged body, he's actually a grown man with with a sizable tool did you not say you saw it oh in yeah yeah there's um episodes of him on um um oh, oh, oh. of um the battle of the network stars battle of the network stars where is he in a bathing suit bathing suit and i want to say it's like a speedo david <gasps> or he's in jogging shorts you remember those jogging shorts from the 80s yeah it's pretty delightful yeah oh 
Wow. Uh, texting this to you right now. Yeah, I just pulled it up. There is a shot of him <laughs> clearly from his heyday in a Speedo. And uh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. There it is. that's yeah. impressive. Wow. It's like full on laying to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Look up Michael J. Fox Speedo and there is an animated GIF of him uh, in a red Speedo and uh yeah something going on there so <sighs> so we we've see why nancy was giggling so much yeah because wow um walk <laughs> that's why they were in the booth in position they would have walked them out but nancy's like i i no. can't he is fucking splitting me open multiple times a day I know I play a lesbian on TV, but I'm actually a straight woman. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm riding that like a porpoise at SeaWorld. Oh, for the love. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matthew, as the credits roll, as the show is coming to a close, both this podcast and this game show, I we have those. This would be quicker. Doing no episode. Here we are two hours later, David. Yeah, well, I'm gonna edit this down. It's not gonna be a two-hour podcast. Okay. Your hair is your hair is whiter now. You took out the blue. Um, I'm washing it, David. That it's not a permanent blue. When you dye your hair, David, it doesn't stay forever. I oh, I, I have no idea what, what about coloring one's hair. I have no familiarity with that, Matthew. Oh. Was that Scandinavian sunset number three? <laughs> Was that just for men? Scandinavian sunset. Uh, that is a facts of life joke. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Blair's hair color. Scandinavian sweetness number three? Scandinavian sunset number three. Wow. Good to know. But uh, as we roll the credits for the show and for this, we get the uh i don't even understand what this is is it some audience members may receive or promotional consideration provided by which i don't even know what the fuck that means other than they paid us to put this in the show but we have two products at the end it's we used to have like price is right would be contestants not appearing on stage receive a year supply of turtle wax and legs pantyhose you'd get that but i don't know who gets this but we have two products in the end credits renews it dues it room freshener remember those mm -hmm. those might still be around actually and dursban flea and tick collars <laughs> imagine coming home from a game show well did your team win for your charity or for for you no they didn't but <laughs> silver lining I got a room freshener and a fucking flea and tick collar. Yeah. A lifetime supply of turtle wax and they give it to you all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember oh David, oh, this was a delightful watch just because game shows from that time period are, are fun for me. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, Tattletale's not my favorite, probably my least favorite game show of all time. It wasn't one that I watched a lot of. It was interesting just to like peek at and say, oh, who's who are they married to? Yeah. Or when you would see your Alan Luddens and Betty White's together, because they didn't typically, 
you know, Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet, they would perform together, but um, who would be a celebrity couple of the time that you wouldn't necessarily see together? Um, Patty Duke and John Aston. Yes, yes. Have a very uncomfortable appearance. I imagine Bert Convy asking, ladies, who is the father of your first child? Ding! John Aston. What will Patty Duke say to answer the question, who is the father of her first child? <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable because he looks 60 and she looks about 15. So, oh, yeah. like, because, I mean, you know, we've discussed mm. John Aston's look. Let's just say. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think the very last credit that we can share, Bert Convy's wardrobe was provided by Giorgio of Beverly Hills. And I'd like to say David Almeida's wardrobe was provided by Target of Colonial Town. And for you, sir? Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. Um, Matthew Arter's um, wardrobe was provided by oh, Walmart. Hmm. Of what, like Buena Vista or where's oh, oh god of oh you're making it worse David where, where what, what Matthew Walmart Matthew oh, fine Matthew Arter's wardrobe was provided by Walmart of Kissimmee no <laughs> Jesus Christ you just had to end on that uh, note what a perfect yeah. way to end the April installment of TV Talkaholics for Matthew Arter and myself David Almeida we wish you good night good luck. Let's be careful out there. And have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> spayed or neutered. That sounds funny when you say it all together. Spayed or neutered. Spayed or neutered. Spayed or neutered. <laughs> I wonder if uh, James Spader had a daughter and she married a man whose last name was neutered. <laughs> then her name would be uh, Patty. Pa Patty? <laughs> Pat, it would be Patty Spader neutered. That was the drag queen I used to work with um, <laughs> back in the 80s. Good old Patty Spader neutered. <laughs> Have a wonderful rest of your month, Tutti uh, Fruities. Thank you for supporting the show. We love you. Goodbye. Bye, David. Bye, Matthew. I love you. What? Stop love you. That. What? Love you too. Stop. Stop.